Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sake Revolution. This is America's first sake podcast, and I'm your host, John Puma from the Sake Notes, also administrator over at the Internet Sake Discord, the guy who runs the r slash sake community over at Reddit. And But if you're looking for the Sake Samurai, that's the other guy. And I'm your host, Timothy Sullivan. I'm a sake samurai, sake educator, as well as the founder of the Urban Sake website. And every week, John and I will be here tasting and chatting about all things sake and doing our best to make it fun and easy to understand. Tim, how have you been? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? It's, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm really, really good. Uh, we uh, went down to the uh, farmer's market uh, last weekend. Mm-hmm. And I went, I went apple crazy. I got like six apples. They had the the biggest honey crisps I've ever seen in my life. And I had to, I, I really like honey crisp apples, mm-hmm. uh, but they also, they had uh, a type of apple called Mutsu, which apparently is actually from, or uh, originally from Aomori, but these are grown in New York. Sounds Japanese, Mutsu. Yeah, no, it is that, it is that strain of apple. And it's a big green apple that it's not like, I think Crispin is what they might call mm, them domestically, yeah. but it is, they originally comes from Japan and very, very delicious, nice and juicy. Mm. Uh, they're not, you know, they're, they're green, but they're not like Granny Smith's They're more like golden delicious, Yeah, but really, really good stuff. I can be a little bit of an apple nerd sometimes. <laughs> not an not ice nerd. Not an ice nerd. Not an ice nerd. No, we leave that to you. <laughs> well, you know, this is quite a coincidence because I bought something at the store with a giant <laughs> apple on it. Really? Yes. <laughs> and it happens to be, I don't know if you've ever seen a bottle of sake with a giant ruby red apple hang tag hanging off of it. Have you ever seen that? I, I, I might have. And, and uh, <laughs> use the word coincidence, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Coinkydink, as we say. Coinkydink. I, I have a feeling that maybe the... Uh... This might be the tail wagging the dog here. <laughs> <laughs> so John and I found this sake we just had to get. Yes. It is a ripe apple Junmai Ginjo. And it has a giant hang tag hanging <laughs> off the neck in the shape of a red apple. To see a picture, visit sakerevolution.com show notes as always. But John, when we saw this bottle, we just couldn't resist it, right? We could not resist it all. It's it's you get me with the gimmicks like that every time. But uh, in this case, it was actually from a brand that you and I are familiar with here in New York. A lot of their stuff gets imported here, called Kinoene. And yeah, we saw they had this this new product, <laughs> and that it was ripe apple related. We felt like we needed to get it for the show and talk about it. Yes. So the brewery name is Inuma Honke, and they're from Chiba Prefecture, and they have a history of over 300 years. So this brewery's been around a long time, and Chiba is just north of Tokyo, probably most famous for having Narita Airport, right? (laughs) Yes. I think that a lot of people refer to Chiba somewhat dismissively as the New Jersey Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> no, so, New you know, like, wonderful. If, if, if Tokyo is New York, then Chiba, uh, Chiba is sort of the New Jersey, oh. the, the suburbs. Um, suburbs. Yes, the, pl- the place where people uh, live sometimes and, they are, and, and they'll use the airport over there, that kind of thing. 
<laughs> well, this brewery has a long, long history, and we've known their brand, Kino Na, for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, when I talk about this brand, the one thing that has always stood out to me is that they make really good sake, but I think they aim to make really affordable, uh, approachable premium mm-hmm. sake. Yeah. I agree. I think that that's one of their like hallmarks. All their stuff is very approachable, very light, sippable, quaffable, we like to say on the show sometimes. <laughs> you specifically <laughs> like to say that. And I think that that's, you know, nice, easy drinking sake is a place for that, especially in my heart. Yeah. And not just the <laughs> style, John, but also the price. Like they yeah. charge 23 to 25 bucks for a standard bottle. Of, and yeah. that's the entry for premium sake. Like you can't get things cheaper than that for a 720. Yeah. And the fact that it's such good quality, so easy drinking, and right at the super approachable price point, mm-hmm. that's a win-win in my book. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I am a fan and that's, that's a big part of the reason, you know, great sake, low price. I'm Sign me up. <laughs> So yeah, when we saw this new product, we had to get in the door and see what it was all about. So Tim, what is it all about? All I can do is read you what the label says, John. <laughs> it okay. says, Kinoene Apple possesses an elegant fragrance and is well-balanced between sweetness and acidity. Mm. So I think we can expect a little sweetness, and I think we can expect some acidity as well. All right. Did they, they just think it tastes like apples? Did they squeeze some apple juice into it? What's what, what's the apple connection? No apple juice is in there. Thankfully, because then it wouldn't be sake. That's right, John. You know, as you know, we've done some episodes in the past that focus on yeast. And the yeast used in this particular sake is really unique and special. It's called Kyokai 77. Now, when you hear this word kyokai in front of a yeast number, that stands for association. And that would be the brewer's association that maintains a line of yeast that the brewers can buy and then use to ferment their sake. These association yeasts are numbered in Japan. So for example, there's like a yeast number seven, there's a yeast number nine, there's a yeast number 1801. And in this case, it's yeast 77. Now, this particular yeast is known for a few things, but of specific interest to us is that about 65% of the acid produced by this particular yeast is a type of acid known as malic acid. And it's unique because that is not common in sake at all. Sake is much more likely to have a type of acid known as lactic acid. And that lactic acid gives those dairy, butter, and cream flavors and aroma that are common in some sakes. But malic acid is much more common in white wine, Mm. and it lends a brightness and acidity to wine. And I'm curious if we're going to find that here in this sake as well. Now, I found a fun fact when I was looking up malic acid. Malic acid actually gets its name from the Latin word malum, which means apple, right? So I think we're beginning to see the connection here. Kino Na wanted to tap into the bright acidity of apples, and I think they found their way to that through this 
special yeast number 77, which really kind of overflows with malic acid. That's interesting. Yeah. That's especially interesting. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. All right. And so what do, what do you think about the presentation of the bottle here with this giant, this giant <laughs> hang tag? The hang tag is very cute. It's uh, very it's cute. Nice. <laughs> it's very cute. I do like the label in general. It's got like a parchment paper color to the background. It's not white necessarily, but it is mm. uh, that off white. The font is a very kind of modern take on, on like kanji. So everything is looks very it's very stylized in a way that is like kind of like technological looking but also kind of Egyptian almost looks like hieroglyphics in a mm. way especially since they made it gold uh, they made the lettering gold and you know you guys need to kind of take a pause real fast and look at the show notes so you can see what we're talking about here it's very important <laughs> it's hard to do a visual while we're chatting and one one word is highlighted on the label in red. It says quinoa apple and then ripe. Ripe. <laughs> ripe apple. Yeah. Now, now, since they're just using the, the yeast, you cannot speak for the ripeness. <laughs> I think the I'm, I'm going to guess here that the impression of the flavor is very juicy, ripe apple. That's kind yeah. of what they're going for. I think that's what they're probably going for. <laughs> We've solved the mystery. <laughs> we did. We did. Sometimes we got to be a little funny though. <laughs> All right. Well, I do yeah. have a quote from the brewery about the use of this apple hang tag. It's, it, again, it's very distinctive. And they said that the using apple in the product name and as a bottleneck ornament, they are hoping that it will leave an impression that adds a pop of color. And it certainly does. Uh, by utilizing the sharp form of topography for the label, they hope mm -hmm. to introduce a different perspective from traditional sake labels. So mm -hmm. they're going for something totally different, and it certainly caught our eye, didn't it? Yeah, uh, for certain. I do like the font choices on the label. I thought they were they were pretty interesting and cool. But honestly, that's not what caught my eye. It's the hang tag. Yep. The hang tag caught my eye. <laughs> the ripe apple. <laughs> the ripe apple caught my eye because you really can't okay. miss that. Okay. Yeah. So, John, do you want to give us the stats for this sake? Certainly. We talked about the yeast already, but what, what else is going on with this sake? Well, um, so as you mentioned, this is the Kinoane ripe apple, Junmai Ginjo. This is from. I Numahonke over in Chiba Prefecture. Don't let them call it New Jersey. Uh, we have two rices in play here, the Yamana Nishiki and the Goyakuman Goku. Both of them have been milled down to 55% of their original size. The yeast, as you mentioned, is that Kyokai number 77. The sake meter value, here's what things get interesting, Tim. Uh, that measure of dry to sweet is a staggering <laughs> minus... 17. Whew. This could have been on the extreme series. But but I do think it is going to be offset a little bit because the next stat is acidity, which is at three. Wow, three. So a three acidity with a sake meter value of negative 17. It's going to be interesting. Yep. And uh, of course, alcohol by volume is 15%. All right. Yeah. Well, John, I can't wait any longer. Great. Let's this ripe get apple this. is calling my name. So let's get this in the glass. <laughs> let's get this in the glass.
So in the glass, this has a, just a just a hint of yellowish color, but pretty clear. Let's give this super ripe apple a smell. Let's. Mmm, mm. smells good. It does. Smells like ripe fruit. Mmm. Yeah, this is um right up my alley. Mmm. <laughs> mm. That's really nice. And it's it's not it's not the melon balm. It's not the tropical mm. fruit. It's fruity. It's a different fruit. Do you think about pear and apple? Those seeded fruits have a little bit and and maybe the power of suggestion with the apple. I'm not sure. Mm, but. <laughs> definitely. I mean, there's a giant apple hang tag that's hypnotizing me. It's swaying it back and forth. In front of me. <laughs> I mean, if I were to assess this without the apple hang tag, I might get a hint of pineapple as well. Like for me, there's, there's fruitiness going on. Mm, uh, maybe pineapple papaya. That's... I think especially of pineapple skin. Like when you pick up a unpeeled pineapple and you smell it, you get that pineapple skin aroma. I get a little bit of that. Mm. It does smell appley, a little bit of pear, but it's in the fruit, the fruit zone, not the friend zone, yes. but the fruit zone. Mm, yeah. And it's, it is a lovely aroma. I, I mean, it's something I keep going back to and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to enjoy this some more. I'm going to bring some more into my, into my sinuses. <laughs> All right, Tim, are you ready to sip? Yes. Oh my gosh. Ooh. Holy high acid, Batman. <laughs> that is high acidity. Mm -hmm. I believe you mentioned that a little acidity goes a long way with sake. And this yeah. is a three, which is a lot. <laughs> so, and it is kind of, you know, it is offsetting that minus 17. I think this does not come across as being alarmingly sweet. Well, I have two things to say. One is that reminding our listeners that acidity normally plays in the range of 1.0 to 2.0, and this is up <laughs> at 3.0. So this acidity is really high for sake in general. And the other thing is about the minus 17. Remember when we talk about this SMV, we're talking about the density of the sake versus water. And even though we may not pick up on super overt sweetness, Think about the density of the sake on your palate. It's got a coating quality to it, and it's got a richness, right? Mm -hmm. When you when you move this around in the glass, mm. the uh, the legs on the glass mm. are intense. Yeah. Like it is, it is leaving a lot behind when you swirl it. So it's got right. a very coating mouthfeel to it, all the while having a very high acid profile. It can kind of pucker your cheeks a little bit with the acidity. Mm -hmm. And I think when you talk about new wave wine-like sakes, this is really yep. what's in that zone. It is. It seems like that's what they're going for with this with this new product. Mm. It is also, I, I want to say that the, the intensity of it, the high acidity, there's a burst to it, also reminds me a lot of, uh, of unpasteurized sake, even though this is pasteurized. Mm-hmm. It's I think that, that's an interesting little trick. <laughs> it's that promise of ripeness that they made on the label. Mm -hmm. It really does taste ripe and juicy without being unpasteurized. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've experienced a sake that, ta that, that tasted this unpasteurized while being, as far as I can tell, double pasteurized. Yeah. Very interesting. Now, now being – even though this is a pretty intense sake – I think this is something very sippable too. I'm enjoying just drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I am a touch at a loss though about what I would pair this with. 
Mm. What are you thinking? Well, you know, John, there's one thing that popped to mind. I don't know if I'm just craving this or if it's something (laughs) that I think would pair well. No, it'll pair well. But if you have like, I know the cheese is not your thing, but cheese and crackers, like if you had like an apple chutney over cheese Mm -hmm. and crackers, like that's so yummy. So a mild buttery cheese with a cracker for texture. And then normally one thing I like to do with that situation is drizzle honey on that or put an apple chutney or a pear chutney. And this Mm. sipping this sake instead of a chutney or a honey would be an amazing combination. So the saltiness and the creaminess Mm. of cheese along with this would go really well. I could see that. I mean, apart from the cheese part, no. You know, when you said crackers, I was immediately like, yeah. Like, <laughs> so you mentioned that this is this has a, a thick, you know, it's, it's, mm. it is a thick sake. It has a, a coating effect on the mouth, which means it does like kind of build on itself. When you're having a sip of it and then you have another sip of it, it's it's not just what you had before. It's It's a little more intense. And I think that having some crackers to kind of break that up Mm. And just kind of neutralize me a little bit. Uh, kind of like, it's like the reverse of when we have like a rich food and a dry sake and the dry sake helps you <laughs> to like mm. reset. It's like, you know, I want the crackers to help me reset from yeah. the sake because the sake is so big. Yeah. That is one of the dangers of namas or super rich, sweeter sakes is that they can become a little bit intense. People often say, oh, I can only have one glass of that. If you, you mm-hmm. know, something that borders on a dessert sake or something that has that richness, it's hard to drink several glasses because it's not a refreshing style. It's more of a juicy style. And this is something that I'm enjoying sipping on it right now, but I can't do this bottle. This bottle's under no threat for disappearing tonight. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really tasty, but it's a lot. And you do need... Like I need to, I need to step back. It does have that, you know, that uh, as you pointed out, that nama, that almost nama effect where your palate gets a little tired. It's just, it's mm. so big. Yeah, but I think the flavor profile is up your alley. <laughs> yeah, certainly, <laughs> it definitely is up my alley. Yeah, I, and I, and again, I'm just really surprised they're able to capture so much of that nama identity in something that is most yeah. definitely not a nama. It's right. really interesting to me. Yeah, and the fact that they've brought out really distinct apple flavor with no apple in there at all. It's the magic of fermentation. I don't think Mm. consumers, we could definitely forgive them for thinking that they have infused apple flavor in here, right? It's the flavor they're kind of chasing after when they choose that yeast. It's really interesting. The thing about this sake is that they're using that yeast. They got a big apple on the front here. I don't think everybody at home necessarily caught all of our episodes and maybe we need a little bit of a refresher on what exactly yeast brings to the party here. Yeah. Yeast is so important. Yeast, of course, is a microorganism. And if you know anything about fermentation, you know the role that yeast plays is so consequential. Yeast is actually a fungus. Did you know that? That yeast is in the fungus kingdom? (laughs) I did not. And I'm never going to view yeast the same way again. (laughs) I refer to yeast as the engine of fermentation. And Mm. with sake, we talk about alcoholic fermentation, but there's other types of fermentation too that we use for baking and things like that. But 
for sake, we're dealing with alcoholic fermentation, and yeast is a microorganism that eats sugar, consumes sugar, mm -hmm. and then as a byproduct of its digestion, gives off alcohol and CO2 as byproducts. Mm. Oh. And then, it's a very fun microorganism, yes. you're saying. <laughs> and not only alcohol and CO2, but also acids are given off by yeast. Mm -hmm. And those acids can convert into aroma compounds. So they're hunting for these yeasts that are going to give them the specific attributes that they want when it produces alcohol and acids to influence the flavor and aromas in very specific ways. That's so it. so that's that's one of the really unique things about yeast. And it is so integral. The, the, the magic of sake is that the interplay of the the role that koji plays breaking down mm -hmm. starch into sugar and then yeast again that engine of fermentation that eats the sugar and produces the alcohol and yeah. you know this is kyokai number 77 and that's amazing that over the last decades they've isolated many approved delicious yeasts to use in sake a whole library of them by now. Yes, there's a whole Rolodex number. <laughs> yes. I think it's great. I think that's you know, I think that adds potential variety to to the flavors that sake can mm. have. And when you think about all the other variables that you can include in that, like the rice types, where the rice are grown, the kind of water, or how you're brewing, you can really come up with endless, perhaps ten thousand. 10,000 ways. ways. <laughs> yeah, 10,000 ways to make sake. Uh, and I, think I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. The, the one thing that's going to blow your mind, though, is that some breweries experiment with blending yeasts as well. Uh, yeah. It's not the case here with our delicious ripe apple from Kinoene, mm -hmm. but some breweries are going to mix two yeasts together when they do that fermentation starter and get an even more complex outcome. I think we we definitely have had dual yeast sakes on the show before. I want to say the most the most intense version of that concept I have ever seen uh, was actually something in Japan. They they did not export this uh, from a brewery in Akita. They called Royal Flush, and it had like playing cards and everything on it, and it was five different rices and five different yeasts <laughs> in one sake. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> and that was that was taking that idea and just going <laughs> as far as you could. Oh my God. Because you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, really interesting. Yeah. We've said this before. Like that is so important, that type of innovation. Yeah. Pushing the envelope, trying new yeasts brewing to a higher acidity, brewing to a higher sweetness, brewing to a higher umami. All these things are so important to expand the palate of what sake can be. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And it it redefines what sake could be every time. It's wonderful. Hmm. So do you think they achieved what they said, the balance of, let me get this quote right, uh -huh. the balance between sweetness and acidity? Do you think they achieved that with this well, ripe apple? Mm, well, you pointed out that it was very acidic. Hmm. But I pointed out that it was still pretty sweet. Yeah. Hmm. 
uh, I think you got your chocolate in my peanut butter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I think that you know the, the sweetness is there, the yeah. acidity is still present. But I mean, you had it has to be high acidity to counteract that. Yeah, <laughs> to counteract that sweetness. Well, the this is one thing we haven't talked about yet that is important is the finish. Right? Let's talk the, about the finish. The aftertaste. Oh my gosh. Mm. This this lingers for a long time on your palate and it makes my mouth water. Like the the acidity <laughs> is so high. It really does get your saliva going like a high acid wine would. And that's not common for sake. Do you, do you feel that as well, John? I do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you drooling? <laughs> no, I'm not drooling, but I'm like you know, so when you talk, if you have too much liquid in your mouth, it like comes out when you're when you're speaking. Uh, it, it changes. It influences your voice a little bit, and so I try to like neutralize whenever possible. And I can tell when my like when my saliva is very thick and all that. And the sake was definitely doing that to me. And I'm sitting. I'm like I'm sipping water. I'm like this, doing, seeing what I can do to like neutralize this. This is an occupational hazard for podcasters, isn't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, apparently it is. It's a, <laughs> today I learned that that's an occupational hazard for podcasters. <clears throat> I will take it. <laughs> I'll accept that. I'll take that burden. <laughs> yeah. But I, what you said before is so on point that, you know, those dry, clean sakes that I love really cleanse your palate. And it's the sake's job to cleanse your palate. And these higher acid, more viscous sakes need a palate cleanser of some other kind. Mm-hmm. but they just fit a different place in cuisine and pairing, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, and it's, it's a lot of fun to mm. have it like turned on its head. Like I am very happy. We stumbled on this ripe apple sake. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, I'm a big fan. It's cool to see what brewers are doing with like their marketing and their messaging and their styles. I think a lot of thought and a lot of effort went into making this sake and it's from a great brewery and a lot of fun. Yeah. And I I had a a great time getting to talk about it and getting Mm. to sip it with you. It's a fun sake. And I like the idea of giving this brewery a little bit of a profile, a little bit of a boost. All right. Well, John, great to taste with you and such a fun sake to try together. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in again this week. A special hello and thank you to all of our patrons. If you enjoy Sake Revolution and you want to support us too, the best way to do that is to visit patreon.com slash sake revolution and check out our community there. We hope you'll join us. Another great way to support us is to head over to sakerevolution.com and pick out your favorite t-shirt. We also have stickers. We do sell shirts. We have other items coming soon. I say that a lot, but they are, I promise. <laughs> and um, and also while you're at the site, please make sure you check out the show notes uh, so you can see the Apple hang tag that we've been talking about. You really don't fully understand what we're talking about <laughs> with this sake bottle until you see it. And again, a lot of fun drinking this sake. It was good. So on that note, Tim... Raise your glass. Remember to keep drinking ripe apple sake. And come on.